Welcome to This Week in Sustainability from Sustainable Business Australia. I'm your host, Andrew Woodward. This Week in Sustainability is a snapshot of global and Australian market trends, news and research about the path to sustainability through action on sustainable development and climate change. Each week, Sustainable Business Australia Chief Executive Andrew Peterson will take us through the week that was with analysis, insights and implications for business. We'll do all of this through the lens of the Sustainable Development Goals. So Andrew, let's start this week's discussion with the cheery topic of tax, tax and tax. We're going to look at tax on a global level. We're going to look at tax uh, in Australia and we're going to look at tax uh, in Asia. But let's uh, look at global taxation policy when it comes uh, to the sustainable development goals and some thoughts from the OECD. Yes, well, if it's one of the certainties of life, it certainly was discussed globally uh, this last week on sustainability conversations. Uh, It's interesting that new data has come out from the Organisation of Economic and Cooperative Development, or more commonly known as the OECD, saying that global taxes are currently insufficient to uh, combat climate change. Now, this report uh, by the OECD called Taxing Energy Use 2018 uh, argues that taxation around the world is not properly being used to reduce carbon emissions. In the same week, we saw um, the annual uh, BP energy report being released, and it doesn't come as much surprise to anybody, but in that report, they've identified that renewable energy sources and electric vehicles are expected to be some of the biggest forces shaping the global energy transition out to 2040. And at the same time, back in Australia, the um, Climate Council Uh, issued a report on renewable energy and battery storage across Australia, pointing out that a range of factors that have helped us reach the cusp of a future where energy production could be, wait for it, sustainable and reliable. The report, called the Fully Charged Renewables and Storage Powering Australia, uh, reveals that over 20,000 new household lithium-ion batteries that are used for renewable energy storage were actually installed in 2017. So that's quite a substantial um, uh, effort and uh, obviously is a um, foretaste of what we're going to see in energy transition across Australia over the next 12 to 13 years. Meanwhile, if we head now to India, uh, an interesting uh, report came out from Coal India, which is the national mining company of India, in their Coal Vision 2030 consultation. And in that report, they identified that the falling cost of solar power and batteries is actually already having a significant impact on the coal sector in India. Again, one to watch. Uh, We return now to Australia, but uh, a very interesting announcement from the CEO, Andrew McKenzie, of BHP. uh, When uh, asked during the week, whether there was um, ever the possibility of the introduction of a market mechanism uh, on climate change, actually said that Australia should consider adopting such a market mechanism that could be in the form of a carbon tax to encourage lower emissions and lower power prices. So already we're seeing at that big end of town, particularly in the mining and extractive sector, 
uh, a sentiment that perhaps it is time for carbon pricing to return as a conversation starter on climate policy. And then as we move slightly further north from Australia, Singapore at the same time announced that it was actually moving ahead with the imposition of a carbon tax. The, the country will actually impose an initial levy of uh, five Singapore dollars a tonne in a move that is seen to spur more energy efficient fuel use and large emitters, which together produce about 80% of the country's greenhouse gas emissions, will actually begin paying the tax in 2020 on carbon that is released in 2019. So that's what it looks like in the uh, taxation land and also uh, you know, global measures to uh, you know, limit emissions uh, through various carbon taxes and a lot of writing around uh, in more recent times on China and its implementation of a carbon tax and uh, carbon pricing this year. Uh, there's also some uh, good news uh, when it comes to the issue of deforestation, uh, particularly uh, in Indonesia, Andrew. So let's now talk about land, food and water, looking at Indonesia first of all. Yeah, and an interesting um, activity during the course of this last week where the Indonesian government, supported by the Australian government and a number of governments um, in the Asia-Pacific region, announced that they uh, were reaffirming their partnership with the Centre for International F uh, Forestry Research, or C4 as it's known, to host the 2018 Asia-Pacific Rainforest Summer. Summit. Now, this summit is going to be held, it's the third summit that's been held, uh, it will be held on the 23rd to the 25th of April in Yogyakarta in Indonesia, and the Indonesians will be hosting the conference this year. This has been an important uh, policy framework for the Australian government in engaging our Asian um, and Asian Pacific neighbours on the important issue of climate change particularly in the area of rainforest um, deforestation. And so uh, this year, as I say, the third summit uh, supported by the Australian government will be held in Indonesia on issues, for example, around investing in uh, reforestation, the challenges in relation to co-benefits of biodiversity, and also the benefits that accrue to small landholders who uh, engage in more sustainable practices for large-scale uh, large corporate supply chains around the world. Which then leads to an interesting announcement by a major consumer products company, Unilever, uh, where they have announced that they are going to lay bare their entire palm oil supply chain. To the extent that they're going to publish lists of all the suppliers and the mills that it sources both directly and indirectly. Unilever says that it's the first consumer goods product uh, company to actually publish such details, having to disclose the location of more than 1,400 mills and over 300 direct suppliers of the oil that is currently used in products from snacks and soaps to cosmetics and biofuels. So Unilever kicking goals again. Last week we spoke about them uh, cracking down on advertising when it came to uh, issues impacting children and now um, they're talking about palm oil. So they're def definitely listening to uh, consumers and government as well. All right, now let's uh, close up this week talking about uh, investing and returning uh, to Australia with some uh, news from the Clean Energy Finance Corporation. Yeah, and again, um, some interesting developments are emerging even as early as uh, February of this year. Uh, in the space of uh, clean or sustainable financing. 
and an announcement by the Clean Energy Finance Corporation that it's turned its focus to the nation's farming sector with an investment of $100 million in a fund that's designed to boost energy efficiency, both uh, sustainably as well as um, enhancing productivity in the agribusiness sector. Um, in a similar vein, but uh, certainly in a diff- different part of the finance sector space, uh, we saw the Australian Advisory Board on Impact Investing uh, announcing that Australia's impact investing ecosystem is actually now moving from early stage exploration in the early stages of market building uh, according to their recent field scan. Now this comes from a new report which they've released called Impact Investment Ready Growth Grants that have already identified the leverage of $1.4 million to raise over $41 million in the last three years. So financing is going to be very much the flavour of sustainability in 2018. And that's this week in sustainability with analysis and insights from Andrew Peterson, Chief Executive Officer of Sustainable Business Australia. Our members receive a comprehensive weekly digital report of these and other news stories. This includes links to key insights and tools from the world's leading CEO-led organisation, the World Business Council for Sustainable Development. We welcome new members. Go to our website, sba.asn.au, for details on how to contact us. That's it for now. I'm Andrew Woodward, and we'll be back next week with another edition of This Week in Sustainability. Sustainability.